Well, today we are in part 16 of the Gospel of John. And um, online, we've been posting the sermon videos. If you have the Apple Podcast app, it's there. If you have Spotify, it's free on there. Even if you don't subscribe to Spotify, you can listen to the podcast there on any other device other than Apple and on Apple. So whatever you, wherever you want it. But you'll notice that every other one is missing as we get higher in the numbers because guess what? We do it here on Wednesday nights. We don't record them. So come on out on Wednesday night for part 17. But today, um, we're going to jump in. But man, Friday night was awesome. Thanks for coming to the bonfire. Thank you, sir. God blessed us with amazing weather, right? It was like 55 degrees. Um, Who would have thought, right? You would have thought maybe it was going to be 85, but it wasn't. It was 55 and beautiful. So, so glad you came out. It was an awesome, awesome night. Last thing before I get started, if you have not yet sent a text to the church and a little selfie so we can get to know you a little bit better, you have the opportunity, text us, Um, we'd love to connect with you, you can send in prayer requests, you can talk to myself or Pastor Lindsay or Pastor Tara that way, Um, and uh, we'd love to to connect with you. If you can't text right now because you're like, I'm not texting in church, just take a quick photo of the of the phone number and text us here pretty soon. We're going to put all those names together, and we're going to give away a gift card um, just thanking you for uh, texting us. So, have you ever been caught in a sin before? Like when you were a kid? Anybody? Like your parents were like, that's a lie, right? Or you stole that? Well, I borrowed it indefinitely. Or you cheated on a test in school. You're like kind of like looking over, or you wrote little notes. Anybody? Come on, let's be honest. Anybody wrote the little notes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with my people. I'm with my people today. But imagine this. We are going to read one of the most extreme stories in Scripture today. And maybe you've been caught in a lie, maybe cheating or saying something you shouldn't have or speeding. And if you're not speeding, just remember, right lane. You are the right lane, people. You're the right lane generation. Get over. You're welcome to Florida. We don't... Anyway, I'm a pastor. Um, my... I should be driving the speed limit, right? Okay. But not in Florida. It's like the Autobahn. So just get over. So what what we're going to do is we're going to read part of this story, and then we're going to walk through it together today. Let me look. Let's look here. John 8, starting in verse 2. It says, At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. Aren't you glad we're at a church that reads the Bible? I remember a couple years ago, someone came to me, Pastor Landon, thank you so much for reading the Bible. I've been to so many churches. Listen, I'm a very, very simple guy. When God called me to be a pastor, the goal was to read the Bible and teach the Bible. And so that's what what we're going to do. Look around him, and he sat down to teach them. 
the teacher of the law, and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you that you speak to us. And Lord, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts and our minds today, that we would comprehend, we would understand something that you want to change in us would change just by hearing the word of God in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So today I have three ideas and I'm going to jump right into the points. The, the first idea is this, the law reveals our guilt. Everybody say guilt. Do you know that you are guilty of sin? All of us, right? The Bible says it. And it also says that the wages, anybody ever, anybody ever have a wage like you make money? Anybody? Imagine that if your wage was death, like you earned death instead of money. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. So the law of Moses reveals our guilt. I'm going to go back to verse 3 and kind of keep reading into half of 6. Look at this, John 8. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. Imagine what she was feeling at the moment. Shame, guilt, embarrassment, right? The Pharisees are like, this is going to be extreme, Like, there's all these people around. We're going we're gonna to show who Jesus really is by bringing this woman forward. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? I literally was trying to find a stone, and I didn't want a small one, and I couldn't find one. If we were in Canada, we'd just like, go outside and just find one. In Florida, it's like, where are all the rocks? Because I, I wanted to show you one, but just pretend. Everybody grab one for a minute. You got one? They were all standing around her with these stones. Because she broke the law, and her punishment in the law of Moses would be to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? Here we go. Here's their question. They were using this question as a trap in order to have a bias for accusing him. So we're going to pause there. I know there's more to verse 6, and we're going to get to it in a moment. But according to the law, she was guilty, guilty as charge. It is true that adultery was a capital offense under the Jewish law, but the rules for the evidence in capital cases were extremely strict. As a practical matter, virtually no one was executed for adultery since it was such a private sin. But if they were caught in it and there was many witnesses, then literally before this time, they would stone such a person. And you notice Scott? You know Scott is in this story? Scott free. 
where is the guy? That's where Scott gets the name. And no Scott's in here today, is there? Apologize in advance. Notice the man, where is he? Here's the dilemma that Jesus is in. So we're standing there. There's all of these people. Jesus is teaching, and they barge in and interrupt him. And there's this woman standing there. And now they're saying, hey, Jesus, what do you say? So here's the dilemma that Jesus has. If Jesus agrees with the law, what will happen? Maybe he'll lose his reputation for being loving. In that day, it didn't just go through the Jewish people, the Pharisees. It had to go to the Romans, so he would have broken laws. But then the other dilemma, if Jesus forgives, why is he condoning adultery? The law reveals our guilt. Has anyone lied, stolen, lusted, used God's name in vain? We've all missed the mark, haven't we? Just like this guy. So I'm going to show you a video just in a second. At youth the other night, um, we were, I was having students throw ping pong balls and they had to get it in a certain bucket. And then we asked David to help out because he's a youth leader. And uh, here's how well he did. Let's see here. Guess what? David missed the mark, didn't he? And you know what? All of us, we are guilty as charged because we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. So the first one, listen, guilty as charged. The woman was guilty. And the second one is this. The love reveals God's grace. Everybody say grace. I think a lot of times we can have grace for ourselves. It's easy to have grace for me. Right? Like, well, here's why. But then when we see others, we judge them. Like these Pharisees, maybe that morning they did some sort of sin. They fell short. But, they, oh, no, the, this lady The love of Jesus reveals his grace. So let's read all of verse 6 here for a moment. They were using this question as a trap in order to have a bias for accusing him. Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. So what did he write? Nobody knows. Some people are like, want to... Want to guess that he started writing the sins of the Pharisees? Like liar, cheater. We don't know. So we're not going to say that that's what happened, but it could have happened. 
Because Jesus knew everything, right? He's, he's God in flesh. But let's look at the next, next verse, verse 7. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you, everybody got their stones out? Get them out. Everybody got one? Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Man, I feel like we still have this problem that the Pharisees had. I still feel like we're still holding stones ready to throw it at someone when they sin or when they miss the mark. Oh, but their sin is worse than mine. Verse 8, look. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. And in other places it says, one by one, the older Pharisees to the younger, what did they do? They dropped them. Don't you love these situations where people think they're going to trap Jesus and he just reverses everything? It makes people think. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, verse 10, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, he said. She said, then neither do I condemn you. You know, I believe that someone today or many people today walked into church in darkness. Maybe in shame. Maybe with an addiction you can't overcome. You know what? The Bible talks about this amazing love that Jesus has for you. That he has grace for you. That he wants to forgive you. And he's, look, look what he says to her. Neither do I condemn you. Look what it says in Romans 8, 1 to 4. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Amen? For what the law was powerless to do. Because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in, his, in the likeness of sinful flesh to be sin offering. Do you know that sin was put on Christ on the cross, all of it, 
for you and for me. He was sinless. The Bible said he was a spotless lamb. He was the sacrifice that the Old Testament spoke about. And he took it all on. Including the woman caught in adultery. Including you cheating in high school on that exam. Verse 4, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit, by God's grace you are not what you did. Amen? Isn't that good news? In Revelation 12, uh, we don't have it on the screen, but Satan, it says he's the accuser of the brethren. Have you ever heard that before? He accuses you. Look what you've done. No one can love you. God can't forgive you for that. And he tries to keep you in this spot that there's no grace, there's no hope, there's no joy. Because what? That's where he wants you to stay. He's the accuser of the brethren. In, in John 10, it says that he came to kill, steal, and destroy. But guess what Jesus immediately says? He came to give you life and life more abundantly. He came to give you life and life to the full. Amen? And the enemy just keeps going on. You can never have a good life. You can never have a healthy marriage. Your kids will never listen to you. You'll never get out of debt. You'll never be free from that addiction. And he just keeps going on and on and on. And he wants you to stay in that dark place. But guess what? You were not created to stay there. God created you for more. God created you to be free and to be in the light. Amen? Neither do I condemn you. Jesus didn't say at this moment yet, you're forgiven. I understand what you did. It's okay. I accept what you want to do in life. Did he say that? He's not saying that. Look, look at what it says in verse 11. The, the last part of here says, no one, sir, she said, then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. Imagine at that moment, Jesus stoops down a third time, a Jewish man in front of a woman. That was not a thing in that culture. Men did not stoop down in front of women in that culture. But Jesus came to flip the script, didn't he? Jesus came to change everything. 
including you and including me. He said, come on, get up. Leave your life of sin. There was an urgency now. Oh, well, Pastor Landon, I'll get it together next year. Like, I just, I'll figure it out next year. I'm, I'm good. I kind of like where I'm at right now. The, I know the addiction's costing me a lot of money right now, but I like it. I know this relationship isn't Christ-like, but mostly I just enjoy it. I'm, I'm going to stay maybe next year. No, there is an urgency to what Jesus is speaking to you today. Leave your life of sin right now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to change the Bible says to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Or if there's an urgency. You're trapped in darkness. Jesus says, I came to bring light and life to you. Amen? Now, I'm going to go off script a little bit, okay? There are four. When we become a Christian, there's, there's these four things. And can you put all four of them up there? It's just a graphic. The first is our sanctification. Now, I know that's a big, like, church word, okay? Sanctification really just means to be set apart. When we are saved, when we say, Jesus, I follow you, I make you Lord of my life, forgive me of my sin, guess what? You are now set apart. You are now a Christ follower. There's nothing you can do to earn or deserve your salvation, that moment you become a follower of Jesus. If you died at that a moment later, guess where you would be? You would be in heaven with him for eternity. There's nothing you can do about it. That's part one. Okay, a lot of, a lot of people want to teach you, well, you've, you've got to do this. You've got to work this. You've got to do three of these, and you've got to do this and that. I even talked to uh, friends of mine one time. They said, well, uh, they're in a different denomination. They said, well, if they weren't water baptized, they're going to hell. I said, so what you're telling me, if a person on their deathbed in the hospital follows Jesus and we don't dunk them in water, they're going to hell. Yeah, that's what we believe. Baptism is great. We do it here at church. We believe you should be baptized. The Bible says repent and be baptized. But if you have moments on your deathbed, you're all right. <laughs> so part one, set apart. Have you ever bought something like when you, when you got married back in the day, um, we didn't get any of this stuff. But I remember my parents got like fine china. Did anybody get that kind of stuff? When you got married, is that a northern thing? Like three people? You didn't get like stuff that you put in a china hutch or cabinet? Okay, like, oh, wow. I guess it's going away. We didn't get it either, so don't worry. But guess what? It was set apart. It was in the china hutch. And guess what you would do after those special meals? You'd wash them by hand. 
They were set apart. They were special. Amen? Maybe you have something like that at your house, a classic car in the garage. It always goes in the garage. You put a dust cover on it. Right? It's set apart. Are those, is that China perfect? No, I'm not talking about the country. Is that classic car perfect? No, but it's set apart. Are you perfect? No, but you are now a follower of Jesus. You are set apart. You are different. Amen? The second part to our journey is this one, deliverance. Once we become followers of Jesus, guess what the Holy Spirit starts doing? Hey, remember that thing you just did right there? Not for you. You are now set apart. You know what you've been watching? Probably not good for you. Set apart. You know that relationship that you're in? The person that you're not married to? Set apart. You know that addiction that you've been a part of for years? Set apart. That's two. He wants to make the old to new. Right on the back wall it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. I'm not even going to tell you about the last two. Because guess what? 90% of Americans, 90% of Christian Americans, guess where they're stuck? Part two. Yeah, we're all, we got saved. We're set apart, amen. But are we truly delivered from all of those things that are holding us back? A lot of us aren't. The woman caught in adultery. Guess what Jesus is saying to her? Be delivered. Leave your life of sin. Be new. Let the old go away. Don't look back. Don't look in the rearview mirror. That's why the rearview mirror is tiny. And the front windshield is big. Right? We can look. We can glance. We're like, okay, yeah, I don't want to go back there anymore. And we keep looking forward. Amen? And so today, God is telling you, there's deliverance for you. You don't have to live in that anymore. And we just kind of keep doing the cycle over and over again. Well, I'm sorry, Lord, it's Sunday. And then we become our Monday self. And then on Sunday, we're like, sorry, Lord. And we just keep going. Guess what? God can give you freedom for whatever that hang-up is in your life. Whatever that sin is in your life, he can give you freedom today. There's an urgency. Now, leave your life of sin. It's over. Amen? I love what the coach of the 1980 Miracle, Miracle on Ice coach at the 1980 Olympics said when the U.S. beat Russia. You know what he said? Their time is over. It's our time. Guess what, church? The devil's time, it's over. It's now your time with the Lord. It's deliverance day for you. Amen? His time is over. And soon, guess what? 
Jesus is going to come and return, and he's going to kick him to the curb forever. And we won't have to ever deal with him again. Amen. Come on. I, I think we should celebrate. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to teach a whole series on this stuff. So we'll, we'll, we'll drop the rest of that for today. Is that all right? But today is Deliverance Day for anybody who needs it. So, number one, the law reveals our guilt. Two, the love reveals God's grace. And number three, the light reveals our hope. Can everybody say hope? It's a good name, right? We, hope. I'm going to read verses 11 and 12 again for you. Go now and leave your life of sin. That's a statement full of hope. Right? You'll never, I'm never going to be up here and be like, church, you should not do this. You should do this. I want the Holy Spirit to talk to you about those things. Amen? Look, verse 12, look. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. So they just saw what happened from afar because a lot of them stepped back. like They dropped their stones like, all right. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Their time is over. It's his time. And look, we'll never walk in darkness, but we'll have the light of life. When Jesus said that to her, I don't condemn you. Jesus just wasn't the light of the world. He was the light of her world. Imagine she had just been condemned and embarrassed. And Jesus isn't accepting her sin. Right? The world's like, they just want, I want to be accepted. That means I have to agree with you. I don't have to agree with someone to love them. Isn't that good news? We don't have to agree with every random thing our culture comes up with, church. But we can love people. Amen? And if they don't see the difference between the two, that's okay. As long as our heart is right. And guess what? Jesus is the same way. Jesus isn't going to just accept everybody's ideas in man's wisdom. But he is going to give us a chance. He is going to give us hope. He is the light of the world. We don't have to walk in darkness anymore because we have the light of the world. We can now walk in light. We can now be delivered from all of those things. Amen. Ephesians 5, 8 and 9. And I'm going to close with this scripture here. For once you were full of darkness... Once you were full of darkness. <laughs> but now you have the light from the Lord. 
So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. The light always defeats darkness. Do you want to be delivered? Can we stand for a moment? Listen, I believe that there's definitely times of like casting out demons, okay? This isn't one of them. Did you see how Jesus dealt with this woman? Go and leave your life of sin. Doesn't that feel freeing? Doesn't that feel like liberty at its best? And so today, I believe, as we bow our heads for a moment, I believe Jesus is saying that to you. If you come with a heart of humility, if you come with a heart saying, I need to forgive, I need forgiven, I need delivered from this sin, I need delivered from, from this addiction. And guess what? He can do it, can't he? Amen? And so today, I believe Jesus is saying, go. I don't condemn you. Leave your life of sin. You left darkness, and you're now walking in the light of Jesus. Can we just have a moment to listen to the Lord? Can we bow our heads? I believe God wants to speak to you today. A lot of times we, we do a lot of talking, and sometimes God's just saying, I got something to say to you. That coach used this line. He said, I'm sick and tired of hearing about those Russians. Their time is over. It's our time. You're sick and tired of being in that situation you're in, aren't you? That moment is now over because Jesus says, go leave your life of sin. Lord, I pray over each person today. Lord, that you would deliver us of any sin, any addiction, any shortcoming, anything that's keeping us from the freedom and the liberty that you have for us in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray for those who, who have anxiety, God, that you would deliver them. Lord, I pray for those who are physically sick. I pray that you heal them. Lord, I pray for those who physically can't 
move the way they used to. Lord, we pray you would heal their body and it would line up to your word in Jesus' name. Lord, let us be a church that's free. Let us be a church that's walking in light. Let us be a people that accepts what you are saying. Get up and leave your life of sin. In Jesus' name, in the church said, and we celebrated together. Come on. We can celebrate loud and proud. Amen.